I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We want a man in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the future of war. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi's strength flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's, it's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Cold, and you're listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. Hello, everybody. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and you are listening to Trex in Sci-Fi. This is episode 815 for Sunday. April 18th, 2021. I'm back this week with some more classic science fiction. Today I'm going to cover an episode from the classic 1960s science fiction anthology series, The Outer Limits. Today's episode is Demon with a Glass Hand, starring Robert Culp and Arlene Martell. Before I get into today's podcast, I want to thank Rico for giving me this opportunity to share with all of you some classic science fiction. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoy it. With that said, I'm going to play the control voice. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'll be back after the control voice with some episode information, and then we'll get into today's episode. There is nothing wrong with your television set. Do not attempt to adjust the picture. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We will control the horizontal. We will control the vertical. We can roll the image, make it flutter. We can change the focus to a soft blur or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your television set. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limits. Demon with a Glass Hand was the fifth episode of the second season. It was directed by Byron Haskin, who also directed the classic sci-fi movies The War of the Worlds, Conquest of Space, From the Earth to the Moon, and Robinson Crusoe on Mars. 
The screenplay was written by Harlan Ellison, who also wrote the episode of the original series, Star Trek the original series, City on the Edge of Forever. Demon with a Glass Hand was originally aired October 17, 1964. Here's the cast, starting at the top. Robert Culp as Trent. Arlene Martell as Consuela Biros. Abraham Sofer as Arch. Bill Hart as Dern. Rex Holman as Battle. Robert Fortier as Budge. And Steve Harris as Breach. That's all I have for movie information. So let's get into Demon with a Glass Hand. My first clip is the introduction of the character Trent. And he's a man with no memory of his life before the previous 10 days. I was born 10 days ago. A full-grown man born 10 days ago. I woke on a street of this city. I don't know who I am or where I've been or where I'm going. Someone wiped my memories clean. And they tracked me down and tried to kill me. Why? Who are you? I ran. I managed to escape them the first time. Then the hand, my hand, told me what to do. What can I do? Who are they? Programming data insufficient on question two. Who are they? Random collation of possibilities. Question one. What can I do in order of factors of success are as follows. A. Each pursuer wears a gold medallion. Remove these medallions. B. The time mirror permits only two travelers at one time, but they are replenishable. If possible, destroy the mirror. C. Stay alive. Above all, stay alive. Destiny is in your whole hand. D. I am incomplete. I can serve you better if I am complete. My next clip is of Trent and a captured Kaiban soldier who has been hunting him down. Please, Mr. Trent, I can't stand pain. There's nothing I can tell you. Why are you trying to kill me? This is your last chance, Preach. Who are you and the others that are with you? Are you from this time or from the future? We are from the future. We come from Kaiba. We're the Kaiban from another world. From the future of this world. We've been altered to look like humans. It was necessary to come back into time and find you. Why? We're at war. What do you want with me? What are you after? Your hand. Why? We were told it holds all knowledge. What kind of knowledge? We were told we have three fingers of your hand. That the whole hand is so important. I, I don't know. I know this. You're the last man on the earth of the future. You're the last hope of earth. Now you, you can send me up, but that's all I know. It's the truth. Explain the gold medallions to me. 
The time mirror works safely only one way. Coming into the past from the future. And when the medallions are pulled off? They're focusing elements for the mirror. It's... It's, it's as if time were a rubber band and you were on one end stretched out tight. As long as the medallion's present, the band stays tight. But when you rip it off, we snap back up to the future. I'm wearing one. That makes me vulnerable. Yes, you're vulnerable. And we'll get you. We'll have to get you, finally. If you kill me, another will take my place. And if you kill him, another. Now, where is this time mirror? The Dixon building downtown. We took an office. The time mirror set up there. We... In my next clip, Trent's hand tells him of the Earth Kyban War and about his missing fingers. You come from the Earth 1,000 years in the future. The Kyban came from the stars, and man had no defense against them. They conquered the planet Earth in a month. But before they could slaughter the millions of humans left, overnight, without warning, without explanation, every man, woman, and child of Earth vanished. the only one left, Mr. Trent, with a glass hand the vanished Earthman had given you to help you. They called you the last hope of humanity. The medallion you stole let you escape into now, the present, today. And now you are among all the men of Earth who are alive today. But the Kaiman gained possession of three parts of your hand, the computer that could answer all the questions. You have to get those three lobes to me, the computer brain, and find out what the alien Kyvan really want from you. Why you were the only man left alive 1,000 years in the future on the planet Earth. You must destroy the time mirror to keep them from sending more Kyvan through to the present to close that doorway completely. In my next clip, Trent has walked into a trap set by the Kaibin. Is this it? The Dixon Building, once the most exclusive office building in the city. It has become the center of a slum. Now it houses cut-rate garment peace goods offices, passport photographers, and the like. One of the offices is a front for the Kaibin and their time mirror. Welcome, Mr. Trent. I see Breach died a hero, Mr. Trent. He brought you to us. Infinitely easier than going to look for you. Ah, come along, Mr. Trent. We're here, all of us, and we're waiting for you. You don't think you can escape us, do you? One thousand years in the future, we conquered your planet in 19 days. What chance do you think you have in the present? We've thrown a force bubble around the building. Invisible. Impossible to break. You're trapped. What do you want? You, Mr. Trent. Give yourself up. Give yourself up and we'll let you live. What is it you want? What? 
I want the 70 billion future Earthmen. And you know where they are. In my next clip, Trent encounters a woman who works in the building. This is going to sound insane, but it's true, it's real. And you must listen to me. This is not a human being. He's from another planet, another solar system. He wants to kill me. He and the others like him. There's more, much more, but... Uh, I have to get you to believe me, and there's only one way to do it. Now watch. You believe me. I believe you. Where did he go? What did you do to him? He went forward to another time. A thousand years from now. The future. He came from the future. And so do I. But you said that he wasn't human. That he was... Some other kind of being. Another world and another time. Look, I work late tonight. It's a poor living. Will you let me go home, please? You can't leave the building. It's sealed off. What do you mean, sealed off? A force bubble. Uh, it's an invisible barrier keeps anyone from getting out. It's designed to keep me inside, but it keeps everyone else in too. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't understand this at all. They want to kill me. Do you understand that? They've come through time from the future to kill me. That's about as much as I understand myself. But I've got to survive, not just for my own sake, but for a larger objective. To... They use a time mirror to time travel. It's somewhere in the building. I've got to find it and destroy it before they destroy me. Now, is there a place to hide? In my next clip, Trent captures and interrogates another Kaiban soldier. What are you going to do with him? What I did with the other one. After I talk to him. Do you have to? Do you have to kill him? What would you suggest? I'm sorry. It's just that I can't stand violence. When it's gone this far, it's more than just violence. What's your name? Trent. Trent? Trent. My name is Consuelo Biros. And you hate violence. It was because of my husband, Esteban. The E on the door. The E on the door? C and E Biros, ladies' apparel. Oh, yes. He was always hitting me, he had a rotten temper. That was his answer to everything, hitting me. Oh, I shouldn't talk about him that way. 
He did the best he could. Being poor is what made him so rotten. Please. You have to kill him? Do you? I'm prepared to die. How prepared? Why not give yourself a couple of minutes? We all knew we'd die when we came on this mission. It was worth it. You can stay alive in this time. I don't care about that. Helping my race is more important. Bargain week on Patriots. Call it what you like. I'm not afraid to die. Really? Then why are you whispering? You Kyben were always super Patriots. Especially when you bombed Earth from ten miles out. How does your patriotism sit with burning women and children alive? It's a war. So is this. Now, let's talk, shall we? You'll never get out of this building alive. We'll bring more carbon through the time mirror. That's my problem. Right now, you have one of your own. I want to know who's carrying the other three parts of my brain. I can tell you it doesn't matter. There's only one piece here in this time. They're keeping the other two up in the future till they get you. But there is one piece, one finger here now. And when you go after it, they'll be waiting for you. Arch? He has one. And 1,000 years from now, Bon and Dern have the other two. When we need them, they'll bring them through. In my next clip, Trent allows himself to be killed by the Kaiban so that he can get back one of the missing fingers. You can save yourself. What? You asked a question. It activated my programming. Can you get a moist cloth? Yes, I have it. Listen carefully. Bring it out. Not wet, moist. Then apply it lightly to the exact center of the forehead. There is a soft spot you will find. It will stimulate the gliomas, the brain substance itself. Then touch it to the frontal sinus between the eyes. And the carotid artery, the thick artery in his neck, supplying blood to the brain. Pulse rate 16, blood pressure 40 over zero, pupils dilated, motor reflexes erratic, respiration five breaths per minute, 60 degrees temperature. Pulse rate 182, blood pressure 300 over 150, respiration 36, 40, 49, Temperature 112 degrees. 112 degrees. Remove the cloth. 
Quickly, he is rising too fast. you back? No blood. No bullet holes. I'm alive. If it can do all that with just one lobe of his brain, what can it do with all three missing parts? Fill in my memory, answer all my questions. I heard them talking, and they said that the other two parts will come through with Dern and Bun. Through the mirror. Gotta find it. Gotta find that office. Now, are you complete enough to tell me what to do? Ambiguous. I can now extrapolate. What is extrapolate? Draw a conclusion from a series of facts. Can you tell me what they're after? Why have they been sent back to kill me? You carry the lives of 70 billion Earthmen. They want your glass hand. It will tell them, A, where the people of Earth are hiding, B, how to return to the future without dying, or C, how to exist in this time safely. But where? Where are the people of Earth? I will need my second brain lobe to answer. I have registered an energy drain. Dern is through the mirror. In my next clip, Trent gets his second finger back and learns a little bit more about the whereabouts of the Earth's population. Now, where are my people? The 70 billion people of Earth, where are they hiding? Trent, your people knew they could not defeat the Kyber, but they had a terrible weapon. A radioactive plague with a half-life of 99 years. But to turn it loose in the atmosphere meant death for humans as well as Kyvan. The plague destroys all intelligent life. They died? 70 billion died? No. They had to find a way to get off the Earth for 200 years. Till the plague had dissipated and the Earth was clean once more. And they did. They vanished. All of them overnight. Where did they go? A device was used to translate every man, woman, and child on Earth into their primal electrical components. The population of Earth, 70 billion people, were turned into electrical impulses. And they were stored on a thin strand of gold copper alloy wire. A piece of wire? I... uh, I cannot believe. A wire? Reiterate... A wire. In this time, the time of this woman, they put sounds and odors and pictures on wire. One thousand years from now, in your time, Trent, it is a commonplace means of preserving life. That still doesn't explain why they want to kill me. I don't have this wire. 
I carry nothing. Reiterate, the wire was entrusted to you. Where is it? I cannot answer. I am not yet complete. The third part of your brain. Do you know where it is? Can you tell me anything further? Reiterate, you are the last hope of mankind, Trent. Do not fail. In my next clip, Trent captures and interrogates the head Kaibin and finds the location of the Time Mirror. Which office, Arch? You got Dern. You sent him up. Which office? What do you get sent up to? Tell me, what's it like? Is it quick all of a sudden, like a switch off? Or is it soft, slow, like jelly? Third floor, KO2, Alvarado passport photos. We'll win, Trent. In the end, we'll win. They're all gone, every last man on Earth. Just you. In my next clip, Consuela tells Trent that she is falling in love with him. How long has it been since you've slept? I don't know. Funny. I never seem to get tired. But I know I haven't slept since this thing began. Get you out of here. Clear of me. I think there's no place to hide. Well, there has to be somewhere. I think I'm part of your trouble. How that you brought me into this. You can't be with me. But I am. Consuelo, they're not human. They'll walk over anything to get to me. Destroy. Anything that's close to me. Trent. I'm going through this thing on blind luck. I don't want you with me if it runs out. Trent. Oh, Trent. I think I'm falling in love with you. Not me, Consuelo. I don't care. Doesn't matter. If one of us loves, that's enough. By tomorrow morning, very probably both of us will be dead. Well, then there's no time to wait for you to fall in love with me. Trent gets his third finger, and it unlocks the mystery of his being and the location of Earth's population. Oh been a nightmare. But it's over. It's done. Yeah. Except for humanity. People of Earth are still missing. But that computer is complete now. I can ask for hand. Do you have sufficient data now to answer my questions? My segments are complete. Ask your question. Where is the wire on which the people of Earth are electronically transcribed? 
It is wound around an insulating coil inside your central thorax control solenoid. It has been demagnetized and protected from your circuits. What circuits? What are you talking about? Trent, push the three middle fingers of the computer together and bend them back as far as they will go. Men. All of them went onto the wire, and the wire went into you. They programmed you to think you were a human with a surgically attached computer for a hand. But you are a robot, Trent. You are the guardian of the human race. That's why when they killed me. No bullets, no blood. Once I had one of the missing lobes to my brain, I was able to help your machinery repair itself. Trent had thought he was a man. As he and Consuela had begun to develop feelings for each other, with the truth revealed, she leaves him, pity mixed with horror in her eyes, and Trent is left to face 1,200 years all by himself. And that's the end of the episode. Now it's time for trivia about Demon with a Glass Hand. A portion of this episode was filmed in the Bradbury Building in Los Angeles, the same building used as J.F. Sebastian's home in the movie Blade Runner. This episode won the Writers Guild Award for Best Screenplay in 1965. There seems to be two versions on existence of the introduction to this episode, one where Vic Perrin says Samaritan rather than Samarian, and the other one where he pronounces it correctly. Dean Smith, a stunt double for Robert Culp, broke both ankles while jumping down a flight of stairs during production. Along with The Outer Limits Soldier, this is one of two episodes penned by Harlan Ellison that allegedly formed the basis of James Cameron's script for The Terminator. This episode was placed in the Archive of Popular History at Oberlin College in Ohio. In 2009, TV Guide ranked Demon with a Glass Hand number 73 on its list of top 100 greatest episodes. And that's all I have for trivia on Demon with a Glass Hand. Now it's time for the Star Trek Connection. Everybody knows that I'm a big Star Trek fan, and I try to find a Star Trek connection in every TV show or movie I watch. Believe it or not, Demon with a Glass Hand has six, count them, six Star Trek connections. The first one is Vic Perrin. He's the control voice that you hear at the beginning of every episode of The Outer Limits. He, will, he also provided the voice of Nomad in The Changeling and the voice of the Metron in Arena. He was also the voice of the Keeper in the Menagerie Part 2, and he appeared in Mirror Mirror as Tharn, the Halkin Council leader. Number 2. Abraham Sulfur. He played Arch in today's episode. He was also an image and the voice of the Thasians in Charlie X, and he also was the voice of the Malkotians in Spectre of the Gun. Number 3. Arlene Martell. She played Consuela Biros in today's episode. She also played 
to Pring, the woman Spock was supposed to marry in the episode A Muck Time. Number four, Rex Holman. He played Battle in today's episode. He also played Wyatt Earp in the uh, Star Trek episode Spectre of the Gun. Number five is Robert Fortier. He played Budge in today's episode. He also played Tamir in By Any Other Name. And last but not least, Harlan Ellison. Like I mentioned earlier, he wrote uh, the screenplay for City on the Edge of Forever, which is probably the best Star Trek episode ever made. And that's all I have for the Star Trek connection. Here are my comments about today's movie. Uh, uh, Did I just say movie? Here are my comments about today's episode. I watched the 2003 DVD release from MGM Home Entertainment. It's part of a two-volume set. Volume 1 is uh, Season 1, and Volume 2 is Season 2. The picture and sound quality on the DVD was pretty good. I have to let you know up front that Demon with a Glass Hand is one of the best episodes of The Outer Limits. It's my personal favorite. I remember watching this in those dark days of the early 1970s when there wasn't very much science fiction on TV. It was either Star Trek and reruns, uh, old 1950s sci-fi movies, Twilight Zone, Outer Limits, and that was pretty much it. Um, I loved this show when I was a kid. I think this is probably one of the best episodes they ever made. In my opinion, it's the best. Uh, I think it has a great story. Uh, I think that Robert Culp was great in this movie. He and uh, Arlene Martell, they were perfect together. And um, I was when I watch this episode, I always see Robert Culp, and he's always running and darting around the building. And he, he reminds me of a Sean Connery, because he and Sean Connery, they walk like cats. If you ever look at how they walk, they... They're very smooth and fluid. So I really enjoy those two in it. Um, I had an opportunity back in 2006 when I went to the Las Vegas Star Trek convention. I met Robert Culp and Arlene Martell. I went, I was just walking the floor and I looked over and there was Robert Culp. And I was like, oh my goodness, it's the ding with the glass hand. And he goes, wow, you seem kind of young to know that show. And I said, oh, I watched it. Outer Limits when it was in reruns. I didn't watch it when it was on air because I was been like a year old, but uh, had a very nice conversation with him. He was a really, really nice man. Uh, I also met uh, Arlene Martell at that same convention in one of the rooms where it was one room where they had all the women from Star Trek. So they had the Romulan commander, they had T'Pring, they had um, Grace Lee Whitney. I mean, all the ladies were in this one room. And I got her autograph and she signed my picture. My, I bought a picture of T'Pring and she signed it for me. And I had a great time at that, um, that convention. But, uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, it's a great TV show. I mean, this episode, the, the funny thing is like the, um, the Kyben, it's like they wore pajamas and they had raccoon makeup and swimming caps and gardening gloves and 38 specials. And that was their uniform. So they did it on a budget and it was, it looked okay. It wasn't that bad with the medallion and everything. Uh, I think the location that they shot it in was perfect. The Bradbury building, cause it looks so dark and, and all those stairways and those ancient elevators. And yeah, it was great. Another thing I liked about the episode 
was the score, the music. Like when they pulled their medallions away, you could hear them do the cymbals and then the drums and then they had the piano and it was like, it was really, really well done. Um, like I said earlier, um, a Demon with a Glass Hand is my favorite episode of The Outer Limits, followed by The Zanti Misfits and Architects of Fear. If you haven't seen this, pick it up. It's really, really good science fiction. You don't have to buy it. I think it's on CBS All Access, or is that the Paramount Network? No, it's on, it's on one of the streaming channels. You, could, you can find it. It's worth it. Uh, on a scale from 1 to 10, I give Demon with a Glass Hand a solid 10. And those are my comments on Demon with a Glass Hand. That's it for today's podcast. Before I wrap up today's podcast, I want to thank Rico again for giving me another opportunity to share with all of you some classic science fiction. I also want to thank everyone who took the time to listen to me today. I hope you enjoyed it. Rico will be back on the podcast next week. With uh, He's going to talk about episode one of Picard. I'll end today's podcast with the end credits from The Outer Limits. I'll be back soon with some more classic science fiction. Until then, everyone take care. This is M5 signing off.